On today's episode, can AMC theaters on demand learn from the demise of MoviePass? AppQs and Heap join forces, plus the newest member of the subscription club has arrived. Who could it be? All this and more today on Recur Now. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it is Friday, October 18th. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. All right, let's kick it off with your subscription news. Hey, G, I think we've got another new member of the subscription crew. Yeah, that's two in one week, which is huge for the recurring revenue crowd. Yep, on Wednesday, we were all about Sonos as the newbie in subscription speakers. But today, we're looking at a different realm online communities moving to subscription. Yeah, Julie Young from LA, an AR VR producer and researcher previously working on UX at Snap Inc. tweeted out huge news in the world of online communities today. The What Would Virginia Woolf Do? The Facebook group for women ages 40 up, currently at 30,000 members, is closing down, getting off of Facebook completely and moving to a separate paid app. And that app is $5 a month or $35 annually. Yeah, and she believes this could be the beginning of a big trend. Communities moving away from free platforms that mine their data, refuse to compensate admins and moderators, and provide no option for customization. She reminds us that online communities are basically a living, breathing, interactive magazine. Some content is hyper curated and people will pay for this and likely more. Yeah, and she's hopeful because the age of privacy is among us. Closed groups are on the rise and companies taking advantage of unpaid admin labor could be over. Although I'm not part of an online community myself, I'm interested to hear what others are thinking of this trend. It does show another way to position a subscription, not just as a recurring product, but as a membership in a community. And for online social groups, this is a pretty intuitive idea, but other brands can leverage it too. Yeah, it's kind of like how Equinox specifically says Equinox is more than a gym, we're a club, which I think is a great slogan, but also slightly elitist sounding. Mind you, I'm not a member of Equinox, although I do subscribe to Haverdash, which is an online clothing rental service. They send me cards with each package and I have my own online closet. So in some ways, I do feel part of that community within a subscription service and I love it. It leaves me wondering, are paid online communities a sustainable business model? I want to keep this conversation going, so I need more input here. Send me your thoughts to abby at recurnow.com if you are in an online community and can weigh in here. And our friends over at AppQs, together with Heap, are co-hosting a night of learning and chatting on October 22nd. It's called The Art of Iteration. Shipping is just the beginning. The night will highlight the value in constantly learning, improving, and iterating. Zora's Teen Zoo is all about this sentiment, as are we, and actually lists it as one of his nine keys to building successful subscription business models. He reminds us that, quote, the subscription economy has an infinite number of pricing options. Many companies typically start with a simple recurring pricing model because you have to start with something, but markets can evolve quickly and customers' needs will likely change over time. Some relevant takeaways from Teen, keep your pricing and packaging flexible and dynamic. He stresses how important it is to iterate 
and pricing models, plus gift your existing customers as often as possible and only raise prices on future customers. So you might be wondering, how does your company identify and decide what to iterate on, measure the impact and move swiftly? Well, AppQs has you covered with panelists from Privy, HubSpot and Indigo, plus snacks and drinks to boot. We'll send a link for the event located in Boston in your subscriber newsletter. And maybe we'll see you there, neighbors. Now on to ProfitWell's John Mangini, Peter Zotto, Patrick Campbell, and of course, Abby on what's new with AMC. If we think back to one of my favorite companies, MoviePass, right? Why did they fail? They failed because they could not make money on the back end. That's why we saw AMC be successful. That is the voice of our resident MoviePass devotee and pricing strategist, John Mangini. And today we are reminded that the battle is far from over. Streaming today is, quite frankly, screaming and changing Hollywood, according to the New York Times, we are seeing AMC theater chain dip into the streaming space with on-demand movies. Here's the rundown. AMC theaters on-demand will offer about 2,000 films for sale or rent for 48 hours in an iTunes-esque online video store. So our questions here are twofold. Number one, why? Why does AMC think they can pull this off when we quite literally just witnessed MoviePass fail pretty miserably at it? MoviePass essentially bucked under its own weight. Unlimited movies caused it to basically pay out for every single ticket. Back in May, we tore down the pricing pages of MoviePass and AMC Stubbs A-List in an episode of our pricing page teardown. So we want to revisit that here. How did their pricing strategies stack up? How could MoviePass have potentially thwarted failure and will AMC learn from it in its next endeavor? We'll visit question number two in a minute. Welcome everyone to Pricing Page Teardown. I'm Patrick Campbell. I'm Peter Zotto. And this week we are squaring off the two titans of the Cineplex movie pass at their $10 per month unlimited different movies against the AMC A-list $20 per month for three movies per week. So first, you gotta know your cost structure. Now, this is not something that we typically talk about. We have to understand how your costs scale. MoviePass is basically starting at the bottom and now they're here. And all of a sudden you're talking about $21 million of expenses every single month. And it's just gonna kill the business before they have a viable business model and before they've learned from their customers, which is kind of a classic Silicon Valley story. The other takeaway here that I think is really, really important is that in a competitive market, use your competitors basically energy against them. So I think one brilliant thing that AMC did is that basically they're like, okay, like we don't think we're gonna be in the subscription movie, but oh, this is working. <laughs> okay, we'll do it too. And all of a sudden they're, they're kind of controlling their costs. It's not as lucrative and it's a lot more concrete than unlimited and it's a little bit more expensive. And we saw that it was justified by the willingness to pay data. We're not gonna get 5 million different customers, but again, only a quarter of the MoviePass network is on AMC. So all of a sudden you're looking at, great, we can use the strength that's already happening in the market and ultimately win ourselves. Question two revolves around tradition. The New York Times points out that the movie theater industry has long been at odds with online video and brings up the question of, why trek to theaters if thousands of movies are available at the click of a button at home or on your phone? But I'm going to argue that the tradition of going to the theater, seeing a movie the day it's released, buttering your popcorn for an absurd amount of money to spend on snacks, will never die. And that's it for your subscription news. Up next, head into the weekend with wisdom straight from the mind of SurveyMonkey's CMO. If it's company level data that you're that you're aggregating, at some point you actually want that to belong to the company. 
Uh, so similarly to when I worked at LinkedIn, you know, one of the reasons somebody would buy LinkedIn Recruiter over just letting their recruiters use individual subscriptions was when the recruiter left the building, so did that account, oh, right? And all the information, all the relationships that were built within it. And so I think similarly, when you're using survey technology on behalf of your organization, if you just have an individual subscription, well, that belongs to you. And even if it's, even if you've paid for it, a comp- you know, paid for it with a company credit card, it's in your name. And oh, so, yeah. you know, the data is yours, right? Yeah. And so that's a, that's a, you know, I think there are reasons to make sure that you put your best foot forward uh, from a data perspective as sure. well. So there's that. But then, yes, also in addition, I think we are starting to see situations where companies, I mean, they know SurveyMonkey, they trust us as they're exposed to our solutions. It's easy for them to say, oh, yeah, well, actually, we should probably double down on CX and, let, you know, what do you have for that? If you still read a newspaper, if you open Flipboard for the day, and look at what's going on in the world. The world is just rife with examples of companies not listening to their key stakeholders. So whether it's, for example, I think United rolled out some crazy bonus scheme where it was like a lottery to get bonuses, or whether it's you know some challenging ad that a company's run where it just it feels tone deaf, it falls really flat, and actually has the potential to backfire and cause negative sentiment toward that brand. Right? I mean, the, it's everywhere, right? You look at, you know, what's going on inside organizations where employees are not feeling heard and so are running their own surveys to get that point across, right? It's it's everywhere we look and I think that sends a clear message to organizations that you have to be listening. You have to be thinking through the points of view that matter the most to you. And typically, as I said, it's customers, it's employees, it's two core sets of constituents who's, who's, who are essential to the company's success. Right. And so if you're not listening to that feedback, then I think you run the risk of really um, committing a faux pas. And that can be internal and organizationally if you're not aware of how employees feel. And it can be externally and brand impacting if it's about uh, launching campaigns or doing something else where, you know, you're just getting the wrong kind of attention, basically. And finally, a teaser for ProfitWell Gone Mobile. While a lot happens behind a desk, your customers, your company, your life aren't behind a desk. You should never have to worry about how your subscription company is growing or how your goals are progressing while you're doing what you need to do to be better. Don't let anything slip through the cracks and stay on top of customer activity through customizable push notifications for all your subscription changes. Growth never rests. And with ProfitWell, you don't have to worry about your subscription growth. We got you. That's it for your October 18th episode of Recur Now. If you are not on the list to receive daily episodes, head to recurnow.com to sign up for free daily intel. And if you have news you want to share from product launches to webinar drops, send me a note at abby at recurnow.com and we'll see how we can spread the word. 